Hello and welcome to Story on the Spot. I'm the Arbiter, Jim Heskett, and going around, we introduce the guys. First, we have Mr. Kevin Tomlinson over here. Going on there is Craig, I have a book for Sale Heart. And rounding us out is the Sticky Bandit R.A. McGee in his white shirt today. And we will be right back and say hi to these guys after our introduction. If I can find the thing to click, here we go. And this is Story on the Spot, the world's only thriller fiction improv game show. How's everybody doing today? Feel good? Okay. Yeah, sure, yeah. Bueno. Why not? All right. Anybody have any uh, important <laughs> announcements at the top of the show? You need anything, any burning desires to get something out there? Uh, Kevin has one. Mm. Sort of. I'm trying to remember the URL so it doesn't make any. It's all moot. I can't remember the URL. Okay. All right. Excellent. I, I, I we have a pre-order, a box of pre-order called her silent, <laughs> her silent shadow. You know what? Let's just dial this out. We're fine. Nothing to promote here. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin said, re, 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 back it up. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Lisa says hello. Hello, Lisa. Hello, so, hello. and this is Story on the Spot episode number 31. 31. We've been doing this for over six months now, which is crazy. Um, the world's first and only thriller improv game show. And so, last week's winner was Kevin Tomlinson. Woohoo! I know, I can't believe it either. Me neither. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you did it. Kevin, you have a uh, use of uh, whatever the the uh, secret word was. That was the pers- over the top persnickety? That, no, that was no, a few weeks ago. That was a few weeks ago. I don't remember what the word was. I don't. Kerfluffle? Was it kerfluffle? Kerfluffle. <laughs> I think it was amnesia. <laughs> I can tell you that today's secret word is going to make you guys mad. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can almost guarantee is it you taxes. Is it taxes? <laughs> You'll see. It's, taxes, isn't it? it's coming up right here today. Okay. Well, first of all, actually, Jim it's not going up right here. First of all, I am going to explain to the nonpartisan listeners and watchers <laughs> how you play the game. So here's what's going. I'm the arbiter. These three guys are the contestants. I'm going to put up story prompts, and these guys are going to pitch stories. They have not seen these stories before, so it is true improv they're going to pitch stories and then you watching you'll vote down below by comment on which one you like each round so now here is this bonus word that's going to make you mad today's bonus word is get her done oh that's <laughs> good man i live in north carolina dude i say get her done all the time man are you kidding the act or exemplification of getting it done so if you can display the secret word you're going to get one of these and you'll also get a bonus point so I know. Uh, all right. Are we ready to get going on our first round? Let's get her done. Let's get Jim. her done. <laughs> <laughs> this sure is going to be interesting. All right. I'm going to call foul on that just because I didn't think to do it, too. So. <laughs> There's still oh. time, brother. There's oh, time. Craig. <laughs> yeah. You can do it, Craig. Get her done. <laughs> Double here's, dip. Here's our first round. This is called Rush the Gate. 
passersby were reported to be incredulous at signs posted outside an elementary school in France asking parents to refrain from throwing their children over the locked gate when they are late to school. And parents who arrive after the ring to literally sue their children away, the principal said. There was Nick's no not here, so I can do accents. Hey, Sorry, while there were no reported injuries, the practice alarmed school officials enough to create the signs which feature an adult stick figure tossing a child size stick figure over the gate. All right, so who is going to be the first to pitch us a story based on? I want to go, I want to go. If nobody else has one, yeah, I want to get this, I got to get this out of my head, okay? Okay, so. So I think what we're dealing with uh, in this situation is um, what what city was that in in France? Tim? It didn't say. It didn't, it didn't say. say. Okay. Uh, wherever Toulouse. Let's say it's Toulouse. Okay. So what we're dealing with in Toulouse is um, we're dealing with a very kind of depraved population in Toulouse, and what I mean by that is is that there has been very uh, very Whereas we had prohibition, they had a, a prohibition against gambling for many, many years, okay? And there was no legalized gambling anywhere in Toulouse. And so what happened was a few years back, some of the politicians got together and decided that it'd be a good uh, money-making endeavor to have legalized gambling in the city. You know, it would give them good revenue, all right? And so they did that. And the problem is for about... Five years afterwards, the populace of Toulouse, the the parents, the husbands, the wives, everyone, they all became addicted to gambling. Okay, and so the 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 mayor and the governor of the of the province, they kind of knew that like this was not a good idea. And revenue or not, we we have to reverse this course because we have people that are just basically wasting away to nothing. They're becoming degenerate gamblers. So they closed down all the casino establishments. Well, that didn't go over well with the degenerates, right? They didn't wean them off. They just cold turkeyed them for gambling. So they decided, what's the one thing that we all have to do every day? And that's take our children to school, right? Well, I bet you, right, that I can throw my kid over that gate further than you can. And the challenge was, 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 was joined. And so that's what this is. It's got nothing to do. They're late on purpose. They're all throwing their kids just to see who can throw their kid the furthest to win money in the underground gambling pools that Toulouse has. So that's what's happening right now. Nice. Thank you, R.A. Let me put the story back up here so Kevin and Craig can get a chance to take a look at it. Uh, yep. Hold on. You guys do what you got to do. I'll check in on something. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Craig, that means... It's that your turn. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his ghostwriter telling him right now. <laughs> All right. All right. He's uh, got Nick. Right. The, the ideas have been delivered. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So what happens is um, a few decades ago, there was a guy uh, who was born and he was actually abandoned by his parents and set on whatever the French equivalent of the fire station is. I don't know if that's where you send kids there or whatever. Uh, he was taken in by, say, a firefighter and raised up, and he's been kind of doing what he can to help abandoned children since then. Well, this is now in sometime in the future, this story. And so France has passed a 
one child law to control the population. Um, but of course, you know, parents often want to have more than one child. And so it's early on. So they haven't really started to enforce it really strictly yet. So people are kind of slipping by and trying to have extra kids. But now the, the force comes in and the, the police and says, all right, we're going to start taking everybody has more than one kid who is past the deadline. We're going to start, you know, taking your kids and shipping them off to God knows where little work camps or whatever. So they can make little booties for le the legitimate children, right? Berets. They're making berets. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> little tiny berets. For the legit kids. <laughs> That's so adorable. I'm trying to make this all depressing and dark. And he's like, oh. sorry, I'm sorry. Craig. <laughs> no, but the, this guy who was um, taken in by the firefighters and, and raised, he is of the mind and the political bit. You're like, no, this is the wrong, this is wrong thing. We can't be, controlling people's lives this way so he goes kind of undercover and he sets up this this place where he's like you know what you can come and drop your kids off here i'll deliver them to the work camps i'll take care of everything so it doesn't become a burden on the state or whatever um and so what happens that he this turns into kind of a a sanctuary place for kids it's like a equivalent to a sanctuary city but if you get your kid in there the state can't take it and so you've got people who are being chased by the cops and they're carrying their, their extra kid and they don't have time to do a clean exchange. So they're just chucking the kid over the gate. And once it's over the gate, you know, they're, they're safe. So that's what's going on. It's just a matter of parents trying to save their, their extra kids that have uh, been born after the, after the cutoff. Save those extra kids. Mm -hmm. All right, Kevin Tomlinson, it is down to you. All right. Am I up? All right. You're up. Well, let me open the, the envelope that my assistant handed me. Okay. <laughs> so Tell Nick, uh, I said hi. <laughs> uh, actually, so what we what we've got here is a, a, a situation that started off innocent enough. A parent arrived a little late. Uh, they really needed their kid to go to school. They were having kind of a bad day themselves. So uh, they hoisted their kid over the fence. But what happened was as their kid passed over the iron fence. They, they burst into flame and turned to ashes and fell to the ground. And what uh, what we ended up discovering from this was that there, we have an infestation of changelings. We have these supernatural beings who, um, when they are exposed, when they pass over iron, as you know, in some uh, mythologies, as a, a magical creature passes over water or iron, uh, it has a deleterious effect on them. It, it can hurt them, kill them. Uh, destroy them. So we inadvertently discovered that we have this infestation of changelings in this community. And so people start throwing their kids over the fence just to make sure that their kid hasn't been changed into a changeling. And every time one of these things disappears, their their child appears in a portal beside them with a whole story about where they've been since they were abducted in the night. So uh, now because of this, uh, we begin to organize, and now we're gonna we're gonna fight back. Everybody's gonna arm themselves. The uh, local government has come up with a plan, and it's like, get her done. We're gonna get over. We're gonna get these changelings out of our community. We're gonna get our children back, and that that is the winning pitch. Go ahead and vote for me, everybody. Comments, <laughs> Kevin, in the comments. If those parents only knew, you can get a changeling testing kit from Amazon for way cheaper. Well, and they're offering you know, drive-by changeling tests now at CVS, mm -hmm. uh, but you have to make an appointment in advance. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> 
Okay, the second round is going to be a bonus round. It's something a little bit different. It's kind of like Interrupter, except I didn't like the way the, the Interrupter ended with the timer going off because it sort of cut off the stories. So this one's a little bit different. And this one's more like Interrupter, except you get to deliberately screw over your neighbor. Mm. So here's the rule. Somebody starts with the pitch, which is below, which I'll read in just a second. Then you can take the story wherever you want. And then at a point that feels comfortable to you, you pass it to someone else and you can pick who you pass it to. So feel free to write yourself way into the corner and then pass it off to your neighbor. Mm. And um, so we'll just see where it goes and we'll stop when it feels right. And here's the pitch. Indiana Jones and James Bond team up to solve a problem in London. Who wants to start? Dun, dun, dun. All right, I'll go. <clears throat> So the problem is that you know, Indiana Jones and James Bond have had this kind of rivalry going on for a long time and they've gotten everybody else involved, the public. What, and so there's this um, affair going on, like a spy affair. And they're like, you know what? We're going to have Indiana Jones, James Bond come up here and they're finally going to fight it out on the mat to put an end to this debate once and for all. So we can find out which one of these guys is the best uh, film hero. So they both go there and on the way they're on the plane and uh, they're, they overhear some guys in the back of the plane talking about infiltrating the fair and how they're going to have a mass casualty event there. And so they are, they land the plane and they're trying to decide, should we take these guys out now or should we just follow them to see if they lead us to the, the mastermind of this so we can take down the big guy or what should we do and pass to Kevin? Uh, okay, so uh, I didn't hear any of Craig's story because I was getting my own past us, past the sticky. So wait, uh, <laughs> so Indiana Jones, uh, so uh, James Bond is trying to take authority over this whole scenario and issue orders and everything, and Indiana Jones says, "You're not my father." Past our Ray. It's well done, well done. I just want to like that for a second before I say something. <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, uh, uh, you know, James Bond says, uh, you know, you know, look, Junior, I am definitely your daddy. I may not be your father, but I'm your daddy. Okay. When we're, when we're in London, all right, we're going to do things my way. Okay. And Indiana doesn't really like that, but regardless, uh, they set off trying to stop the mass casualty event uh, that Craig mentioned before, and they get to uh, 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 they get to the fair. It's held at like a big convention center, and the problem is their contact at the fair is a a, a pretty brunette woman, and so they both start hitting on her. You know, they're both kind of no notorious Lotharios, and so. Um, Notorious Lothario. I like that. Um, and so they can't actually stop the casualty event because they're busy hitting on this woman and they're backstage and they're both spitting game and it's getting more heated and more heated and more heated. And so the fisticuffs breaks out, right? James Bond cracks Indy. Indy's got that one punch power. Bow, right? He hits the Brit. They stumble through the curtain. The curtain drops and it's an auditorium full of the bad guys prepping for the bad event. And Craig's going to tell you what happens. 
And on top of that, the woman they were hitting on was actually the mastermind. <laughs> and so somehow or other, they managed to stumble literally their way to kind of a semi-victory. But they're now they're kind of outnumbered, right? They've got a whole auditorium of bad guys coming after them. And, and he's like, you got us into this. And, and James Bond's like, look, look, son, it's time to have a, a serious talk about, well, the birds and the bees. You know, I saw how you were kind of, you know, handling yourself with the mastermind and you just don't have game you and you, i'm embarrassed for you to be my son and without and too the, early <laughs> it's like you have a few a few things to learn and, and indiana jones like uh, dad i don't know if this is the time we've got about 2500 bad guys currently rushing us on stage i think that maybe we should turn to kevin tumlinson and see how we can get out of this all right, as the bad guys are rushing onto stage, Indy readies his whip. Uh, uh, James Bond readies his multi-purpose laser bu- belt buckle, and uh, <laughs> and just just as they are about to meet their doom, Laura Croft Tomb Raider comes bursting in in a uh, small plane, a small engine airplane, uh, and takes out the crowd and shows them how it's done, and it treats them both to uh, a dinner uh, and, and uh, uh, James Bond wins the coin toss and chooses steaks. And Indy says, steaks, why did it have to be steaks? The end. <laughs> well done. Why did it have to be steaks? Why did it have to be steaks? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I may not have taken that game as seriously as everyone intended me to. No, I think that all went that all went swimmingly. That was a lot of fun. We're gonna have to do that one again. Um, as I write down, why did it have to be steaks? Uh, all right, S T E A. Okay, so it's a, an admission. Anybody have anything to announce? Anything to promote? I finally do. On. I finally do this week. I finally do. I do. So I do too. So go ahead, Rory. Go ahead, guys. Okay. What do you got? So uh, next week, I'm saying it now because. Uh, we won't have sots in time uh, to say it again. But next week, my box set uh, for my main series, uh, the Porter series, uh, the box set's going to be 99 cents uh, for the first part of next week up through uh, Wednesday uh, or maybe Thursday. It depends on what I set it for. Uh, but it's 99 cents. It's got a couple hundred uh, good reviews on it. It's uh, quality entertainment. So for a buck, you can get uh, three full-length stories and a exclusive novella that only comes uh, with the box set. So uh, if you've got a dollar to spend next week, uh, I can hook you up with some good writing. Just go to Amazon and uh, get the box set. So, uh, uh, All right. What's the name of that box set again? Uh, it's called uh, the Porter series, volume one, the Porter series, volume one. All yes, right. Sir. Thanks. RA. And you can also go to story on the spot live and get to RA's website that way. Kevin, what do you have to promote? So I was, was trying to talk about this earlier, and I'm in a box set with a bunch of other amazing authors called Her Silent Shadow, so I did get that right. Uh, it is available for pre-order right now, and if you go to uh, – son of a bitch. I can't find the actual, <laughs> the actual URL. That URL does not sound appropriate. Go, go search for Her Silent Shadow. <laughs> Her Silent Shadow. Yeah, yeah, on your bookstore – and, and uh, you might find it. Consider it like an adventure. You, you might, have to go find you it yourself. You might find it. Do that and Tumlinson, and uh, you'll probably find I, I cannot <laughs> believe I can't find the that. They must have deleted the link off of the uh, 
Facebook page. I went and to all that trouble, too. All Craig has to announce is that he's working on the beard. It's coming back. I have, have an announcement. Craig has an announcement. So, yes, um, Night at Key West, the book set in the 1930s, Private Eye, is now 99 cents. And there's a, sh- a free short story that accompanies it. So you can grab the, the free short story on any retailer because it's their, these are both wide distribution now and pick up the book for 99 cents. So nice go out there and get her done. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> nice. Okay. Here's round three. It's probably our last round. This is called explosive holes. Police in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania continue to investigate two explosive incidents in area porta potties. No one was injured in either explosion. The first was strong enough to blow apart the toilet and damage a nearby home, police said. The second came only days after the first. Pittsburgh's bomb squad and crime unit is working to determine what types of explosives were used and whether the events are related. Now, I expect a clean round. Classy. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to go first to talk about the explosive porta potties? Uh, okay. Okay. Um, Kevin's got it. I'll go. No, I don't, but I'll do it. I don't <laughs> have anything, but I'll do it. Um, so what's, uh, what's happening here is um, someone has stolen a quantity of uh, uranium uh, and they have uh, hidden it somewhere in the city. Uh uh, the problem is they were supposed to have hidden it along with a detonating device uh, that would actually um, radiate Pittsburgh and uh, and cause a uh, cause a huge event that would hopefully, in their eyes, spark a uh, some sort of conflict or war, uh, bring down the United States. That's the goal. They chose Pittsburgh because uh, it's just local. Well, so uh, no, no strategic st- significance there. But uh, the problem is they forgot to attach the explosive device to the uranium. So what they have started doing is going around to every port of They don't remember where it is. And so they're just dropping explosives into every porta potty as they go, uh, trying to detonate this uranium and uh, start this event. Uh, unbeknownst to them, the, uh, the, port- the contaminated porta potty has already been removed and uh, emptied and sent into uh, the uh, waste treatment. And so that uranium is just floating around in water supply somewhere. So ironically, they may still kill millions, but not <laughs> this day. Not today. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> well, RA is looking pensive. Uh, RA is sitting back, which doesn't usually happen, which means he's thinking about something. RA, do you got a story pitch or do you need to, to continue being pensive for another minute. I think I can go if you well, want. I would to. love it if. Oh, I would love it. Yes. I'm shutting up now. Do oh, you want to go, RA? Do you want me to go? Come no, on. You, I started start. with nothing. You, sir. No <laughs> idea. And you right. ended with nothing as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I ended with a massive uh, exposure you, to you. Ended with turds. <laughs> Radio Jeez. Anywho. Ouch. Okay, Craig. So <laughs> what is happening here? Say good day, sir. <laughs> that we have a uh, um, a dictator from one of these, North Korea, for, let's just say. And he 
he will only use bathrooms that only he can use. Like he won't use bathrooms that have been frequented by anybody else. But, you know, this Pennsylvania is going to be an outdoor event that he's going to be at. And like, you know, we're going to need something. So they get a couple of porta potties just for him. And they have two. So nobody knows which one he's in. Right. So it's sort of like having two Air Force Ones or, or whatever, or two Marine Ones. You never know where the president actually is. So you, so in this case, two porta potties. Um, the problem is uh, before he gets to the, to the event, the crowd is waiting for him to arrive. And um, a guy named uh, John Johnson <laughs> <laughs> has. It his... wasn't John Gitterdon. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> I'm trying to reform my ways, Jim, and you keep reeling me back into the inappropriate bonus words. Just when I, I thought I was out, pull me back in. <laughs> so anyway, that is indeed his name. So John Gitterdon, he has been frequenting the, lo- the local <laughs> the local taco shop. And uh, while he's waiting for the dictator to arrive, because he wants really wants to get a look at him, and it's not sitting well with him, let's just say. Um, and so he, he's like, you know what? He makes sure nobody's looking. He takes makes a beeline for these these porta potties that are clearly marked for nobody's use but the dictator. Um, but he jumps in there and uses uh, the, does his business, and suddenly there's a major explosions, and it turns out they have been rigged to go off with the smell of any sort of human gases let's say and uh, we and they know that the dictator is is notorious for that but because you know this is a situation where the entire world was saved by a sketchy burrito and there's a title for your podcast too <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> by a sketchy all right john gitter done thriller all right we're all going to to uh co-write one book and it's going to be the john gitter under under the john gitter label (laughs) under gitter publishing i can just imagine on the front cover he's got his shirts like coming peeking up over his belly button (laughs) got a john deere cap on It's just like captures him mid mid tobacco spit. (laughs) Yeah, we'll all write two or three chapters and just put it out there as is under a different name. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right, viewers and listeners, you heard it here first. Coming soon, John Getter Done. <laughs> From the story on the spot, guys. What's we don't need Nick's permission. We'll just tell him he's working on it. <laughs> all right, all right. It's time to Oh, okay. Annie, uh, up. Uh, let's get it. All right. All right. So I think that when we were dealing uh, in the the 50s and the 60s with the Cold War, uh, you guys are familiar that, uh, you know, we had uh, missiles, ICBMs all throughout the heartland, and they are hidden in silos, you know, deep in the earth. And uh, the problem is the silos locations were classified so highly that most of the people who knew where they were uh, have passed away. You know, the knowledge didn't really pass down. Well, there's a nefarious organization uh, in the country that's bent on finding some of these um, abandoned ICBM silos and turn them 
around and use them in future conflicts uh, with friendly nations. And so our hero, ironically enough, is named John Gitterdun, is frantically working to stop that from happening. And so what's 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 happened is when a, when a, uh, there was a, a very old engineer passed away, and then when his uh, belongings went into like will and probate, they found these plans. Well, once these plans hit the market, it's been a race in time between John and the nefarious organization. All right. So what John's trying to do is deactivate these ICBMs, right? He can't take them with him. He can't move them. That's a big production. But if he renders them inert and then gets rid of the blasting cap, destroys the blasting cap, the ICBM doesn't do anything. And so his plan is, you know, he needs somewhere to work while he's doing this, right? You can't just start digging in people's lawns, you know, because they don't even know what's going on underneath their houses. And so what he does is he tells them that he's from a public works company and he gets a Porto John delivered. Well, it's a false bottom Porto John. So he puts the Porto John down, crawls down into it, and that's when he messes with like the blasting caps and things like that. And so he's been successful all these times that you never heard about, but these last two uh, instances were where the bad guys show up at the same time and a fight ensues. And so the explosion uh, is him hastily leaving instead of just defusing the bomb. And so we're working up to a, uh, a finale where uh, it takes place in Nebraska at a music festival, right? And there are hundreds of Porto Johns out there. And John can't remember which one he delivered and which one is the right one. And so it's just running gun battles through a music festival, people tripping over Porto Johns and stuff like that. So I think that's what's happening. So what you're hey, saying is I, John I, stopped okay. getting it done? Yeah, he's uh, not getting it done. I take issue. Done. I take issue with our story. Because he said ICBM like 20 times in a story. I, I was going to go BM, but I just didn't. Never once said it was a very cold, wintry day. <laughs> and we were looking for these. For ICBMs and these porter potties. I know. I I wanted to go BM like I wanted to make that the bad guys organization, <laughs> but Jim Jim said keep it clean, and I was trying to follow directions. <laughs> no, you know no, what I mean? No, I was trying to follow directions, and I. I, I <laughs> you know do we th- don't listen to anything Jim says. Do you I think John Gitter does? <laughs> do you think it's and, John porta potty Gitter done? Like it's John, John Porta John Gitter Dunn. Do you think name's Porta John? Well, I think I think his name's John Gitter Dunn, but like instead of like 007 or whatever, his call sign is Porto Potty. You know what I mean? <laughs> call call sign Porto Potty. <laughs> John Gitter Dunn thriller. So Kevin Lisa Badger's dropped throw a major shade at you in the comments. So at me. shots fired. Hey Lisa, super fan Lisa also suggested that we should have a leaderboard. So that's interesting. I might have to go back and oh. count up who's won so all the episodes so we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? That is our show for this week. Uh, we would love it if you would go to storyonthespot.live. And that's where you done. can find and get her done there. Get her done on the site. That's that's our whole philosophy behind Story on the Spot. And our web presence is we say that at the beginning and the end of every meeting, every <laughs> beginning and end of every show meeting. 
And um, so there you can you can get to RA's website, you can get to Craig's website, you can get to Kevin's website and mine, and you can find those books those guys were talking about during the show. And you can also find their free books you get for signing up for their reader group. Does anybody have any parting words of wisdom? Go find those ICBMs and those frozen porta potties. Mm-hmm. Got to be careful out there. It's getting chilly all around the country, so you know. <laughs> Insulate I would just done. <laughs> I would just like to say to everyone watching, get her done. Get her done. Get her done. So long, everyone.